Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho? What is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head. 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life, mm -hmm. and you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are, some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hello and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest. Dwayne England coming to you live from the Fish Hunt Northwest studios located here on the shores of Summit Lake, Olympia, Washington. Now you may notice uh, my counterpart is uh, vacant once again, but uh, that's all right. Tommy's a little under the weather, and uh, I asked him to please just stay away. So we'll uh, we'll get through the show tonight. No problem there. We got tons of great info to get through, lots of things going on, lots of great opportunity. Of course, some really great guests lined up with all that is happening out there. So do us a favor here, grab our content, and uh, share that on out there with all your friends, invite them to the show, and and uh, help them stay informed. And bring those questions tonight. I'll do my best as we work our way through the show tonight and answer as many as I can. We have a lot of, a lot of opportunity going on, lots of things happening. Of course, the weather's been a little complicated as of late. Uh, tons of wind yesterday. I don't know where you were at, but out here at our place, uh, the wind was absolutely howling all day. Uh, would make it almost nearly impossible to get out on the lake with the white caps. And even this morning, got out for a bit and then just finally had to fold it in because I got tired of fighting the wind. So the wind has been a bit problematic. I've talked to a few folks, been out springer fishing and whatnot this last few days. And yes, uh, the wind has been an issue there as well. So hopefully we got a change of the weather coming uh, as we get into the weekend for sure. We got this kids derby coming up we're going to talk about. And uh, just lots of things, lots of great opportunity, including over on the east side. So I'd like to see this weather finally start warming up a little bit and uh, getting to something that more so resembles uh, May and where we should be. Anybody tired of the weather at this point? I know uh, we certainly are. So uh, hopefully, even with the weather as it is, you've been out finding things to do. So before we get too far along, introduce guests and whatnot, I want to remind everybody joining us tonight, hey, please take time, jump on over to our webpage, www.fishhuntnw.com. There you're going to find our online store and lots of great bits of info, all of our social medias linked through our through our webpage, and of course, you can watch a ton of videos there, read some blogs, get some info, some great recipes from, uh, from Chef Jeff Maxfield, and just a whole host of info uh, bits there. Also, uh, while you're there, take some time and hit the FHN20 coupon that's front and center. Go ahead and uh, hit on that. It directs you right to the Edge Rods webpage. Any and all rods you order from Edge will be 20% off all the time, with exception. And uh, I've, had to, uh, I've had to talk with a few folks and let them know that it's clearly stated on the webpage. If there are other specials going on, if there are other sale prices already attached to certain rods, for example, the 360 series of rods for your Pearl Troll fisheries and your Columbia River fisheries, those 360 rods already have a special attached to them. They already have money savings attached at checkout. So, and some of the rods where it will not accept the coupon is because you need to look. There's more than likely, and there is, a special or a coupon or a sale of some sort already applied to that rod. So the FHN20 would not apply as they're not going to double down on coupons. But the 20% for majority of the rods... 365 days a year, the entire time. And I want to thank a lot of you have been getting on the website and ordering Edge Rods through our coupon. They're, they can track that. They know exactly how many rods are getting sold through the show, and they are extremely happy 
with the number of folks that follow us and are now on board with Edge. So I want to thank you guys for the support. Anytime you can help us uh, to support our sponsors that support this show, uh, hats off to you. That's exactly how this is supposed to work. So thank you. Um, lots of stuff going on, man. We got uh, things happening and constantly, you know, emails are coming through. Changes are uh, being updated. Uh, just recently, yesterday, um, more days on the Columbia River for Spring Chinook. More days have been added. The Washington State and uh, Oregon State fishery managers met a few days ago, and yesterday they decided to extend our season on the Lower Columbia, plus a couple days upriver above Bonneville. But we get 11 more days of Chinook opportunity on the Lower Columbia for Spring Chinook beginning Tuesday, May 24th, which is an extension beyond the days that are already in play as we speak. So we have some great opportunity, another 11 days as we move forward. Still great numbers coming over the dam. And they once again updated the forecast. Um, if you remember or followed us last week, we had updated from, it was just originally shy of 123,000, 122,900. They updated that to 161,000. Now they're anticipating in around 180,000 Spring Chinook. To date, this is the 11th best cumulative run since 1980. So a, a significant bump of almost 60,000 fish uh, added, to our, added to our return, which is pretty exciting. That's for a lot of the upriver fish, but some of those tributaries here on the spot of man are going to get <clears throat> a few more fish than they anticipated as well. So in through June, I would anticipate the bobber and egg fishery to continue and do pretty darn well in some of these tributaries for sure. Um, something else to uh, be mindful of, especially if you're a hunter, hey, it is April, or April, it is May 19th. This started April 19th. So May 19th, uh, the end of this evening, midnight, is your final hour for submission of special permit on your hunts that you're putting in for. If you haven't finalized those uh, as of yet, you still have until midnight tonight to submit your applications for those special hunts. Um, the, the draws were already announced, you know, a few weeks ago for multi-season. If you got a multi-season, congrats on that. This year, uh, I did not. Uh, versus, And then, you know, it seems to happen about every other year. Still waiting for my multi-season elk. But, um, yeah, did not get a multi-season deer. Doesn't mean you're out of the game, as there are still plenty over-the-counter at the end of it all that you can uh, put in for and, and Chances are pretty good to land one um, after it's all said and done. But if you are confused <clears throat> about this whole um, submission process for this, uh, these hunting options, okay, this ap application submission period, I tell you what, there's, a, uh, there's an opportunity to go to uh, WDFW. They actually have a YouTube uh, channel, believe it or not. And there's a, uh, there's a couple segments on there, Get Wild with Ted Sandbar, episodes one and two. Okay, I actually watched these to, to see what this was all about. Uh, Get Wild with Ted Sandbar, episodes one and two, WDFW YouTube. Um, kind, of a, kind of a little, you know, goofy mix on the presentation, but does a great job walking you through the process so that you understand the difference uh, between submitting for, say, you know, multi-season opportunity and some of these special permit uh, hunts. And there's some pretty strict rules that apply to the, to the special permit uh, uh, hunts if you are so drawn. Uh, you can purchase and submit actually up to seven different deer opportunities um, and <clears throat> for, the, for the permit application and hunt categories of which you qualify for. Now, you may only hunt with the hunting method in compliance with that particular permit or draw on that tag, okay? Something else that uh, I've had this conversation with a couple of folks, maybe some of the information WDFW is a little confusing. I don't want to say misleading, but it may be a little confusing. So if you submit for, say, uh, additional buck or... Uh, antlerless deer or second deer, and you you get drawn for antlerless deer. And like this area here I hunt, uh, not too far from the house in this this particular uh, game management unit, I can, you know, I can go and purchase my over-the-counter uh, deer tag, no problem. Uh, modern rifle, archery, whatever. Uh, modern rifle, going to go after a buck. So if I get drawn, if I've submitted four and I have a few points and I get drawn four, an antlerless deer, uh, 
that does not give me an additional deer in the same game management unit, okay, if, if that's the one I put in for. It gives me the option now, and this is, I mean, I know a lot of you folks understand this, but I've, again, had a few questions um, uh, sent to us here, Fish on Northwest, and conversations with folks. If you are drawn on that antlerless deer, um, that gives me the option within that game management unit during modern rifle season, and it's typically a few days later uh, in start date as the general opener. That gives me the option within a time frame, couple weeks, I can shoot either or. Okay, I can shoot a buck or I can shoot a doe. I don't get one of each just because I landed that special permit. Now, the differences in that are if I get the second deer permit for a particular game unit, and it's not offered in all game units, you have to search through and figure out exactly where they are available and where that's going to put you uh, in you know, a, a certain area to go hunt, obviously, a certain game management unit. But you do your homework, you figure that all out, you submit for it, you get drawn. I could kill a buck over here on the west side, I can get a, uh, get a second deer in another game management unit and uh, look forward to uh, getting two deer in one season. So the difference there is second deer versus antlerless deer, same unit or not. But, um, you know, if you go to the YouTube page and follow Ted Sambar, uh, he puts out a lot of great info and really kind of walks you through the process and helps you understand. Now, if you've been doing this for a number of years, great. If you're fairly new to it, um, you know, there's a learning curve here in how this point system works. Am I going to take the points? Am I building points? So ultimately working towards getting a draw or am I submitting each and every year with uh, hopes of getting drawn? So it's a process. You, uh, you work your way through it. It costs you $7.10 per application. Well worth it if you want to expand your hunting opportunities. I know a bunch of you will chime in and say, hey, uh, you know, I, I stopped spending money in this state. I, I, I take my money out of state. And there is that option. So, um, but if you're going to hunt on the home front, want to increase your chances, nothing wrong with understanding the system, the point system, the draw system, and putting in those applications. All right. Um, hey, if you're not aware, and you should be, because it's going to be done and over with before you even can blink, we have a shrimp opportunity coming up next Wednesday, May 25th. May 25th is the shrimp opener. It's a one-day, four-hour season. Uh, yes, Hood Canal Area 12 is going to get a few more days as the season moves forward, but the majority of your opportunities, the majority of the areas that are open for shrimp is going to be May 25th, uh, 8 a.m. in the morning until noon. you got a four-hour window, okay? So some rules do apply in that regard as well, so you don't get yourself into trouble because they watch this pretty darn close. Each harvester must have a separate container for their catch, either in their possession or identified with their name. Okay, that's very important. You need to identify each possession limit to a said person. No minimum carapace size. That's not something you have to be concerned with. Maximum of two shrimp pots per person on board or a maximum of four pots per vessel. Okay, that's the way that works. Now, if you have any questions, they have a phone number you can call prior to hitting the water to see if there's been any rule changes. Typically, there's not unless they all of a sudden decide to close an area prior to going. So if you want to call the day or night before, it's not a bad idea. Um, I don't know where you guys are at. I give this a little bit of thought each year and I get a little frustrated with the mindset of a four-hour opportunity and just all the angst and anxiety for some folks that that creates, the, the, um, the uh, you know, stress at the boat ramps, the, uh, the amount of people trying to get in and out, find parking, the whole deal. I, I look at the shrimp opportunity and yeah, you know, one frustration is in fact that it is midweek always and so a lot of us work and well, not me anymore because I'm retired, but uh, a lot of you work and it's not easy just to drop everything and go shrimping. And so I look at the opportunity to say, okay, if they set the season for a one limit per person, one harvestable limit per person, why not put that over four or five days, three days, something like that? In other words, you have a window of opportunity to go get your one catch limit. If they have a, you know, in other seasons where you have two or three days available to go shrimping and I could go out and catch harvest and possess a limit on each one of those days that's a three limit season for me okay individually um, if I have a three limit opportunity or I have a one limit opportunity why do we limit it to a single day um, 
I guess I asked that question, not seeing any conflict or any reason why not to do that other than perhaps monitoring. But uh, WDFW has received additional monies for increased presence on monitoring at um, creel checks, surveys, uh, boat ramps, and uh, marinas. They also have more enforcement going to get out on the water. I understand that's for fishing, but uh, it seems to me we could start working towards something a little more um, less stressful, something a little more enjoyable for families to get out and enjoy. If I have a one possession limit and I have three days to go get it, much like uh, my halibut card, I don't have just four days to go after halibut, but I can have a season retention limit of four halibut. Uh, sturgeon, when we get opportunity, I get two per season. One per day, two per season. They're able to monitor that. Um, some areas, Oregon has instituted, you have a set limit of number of Chinook you can retain out of a certain region for the season. So this isn't new uh, in idea. This isn't new math by any means. This is just simply an idea of, hey, why can't we spread out the effort a little bit over the course of multiple days versus a four-hour window of opportunity when there's going to be so many people that want to come out and do this. They get pressured into having to make this happen. They, you know, There are those that will get up extremely early, launch the boat, go out there, hover, anchor, whatever, wait for your window. Because you cannot deploy pots prior to 0800, and you must have pots out of the water at noon. Okay, Those are the rules, and they're pretty strict on that. So I would just, uh, I would just advocate. I want to know what you guys think. Hit me up, Messenger, whatever. Let us know. Um, don't you think there should be, could be, some other means to provide opportunity than just simply cramming you in there on a four-hour window and, uh, and, and, you know, making it that type of a day? All right, moving forward. Hey, uh, lots of good topics, lots of good information coming tonight. Running down the show, we are uh, checking in with our buddy Matt Messing, messing around fishing charters, Petersound Lincod. Uh, he's been at it for a while. Time to check in with Matt. Fishing's been pretty good. We'll find out all about it, and he will help get you dialed in if you're struggling. Also, we'll be back in the Bay Lab. Yes, Tommy's not here, but you know, we recorded previously, last year or a year and a half ago, a great segment with him, Tommy Donlin's personal shrimp bait mix that he uh, he puts together when he goes out shrimping and he was willing to share that with everybody and not to mention then takes you in the bait lab shows you how to properly rig your pot so that uh, you will be successful so we are going to take time to review that tonight as it is really good info and you're planning to go shrimping next week this is info you could definitely use then first time of the show we're going to check in with longtime friend brianna bruce Bree, as known to many, living life adventures. She's here to talk about the return of Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby. She'll have all the details, help you with some tips to help you find success out there on the lake, and hopefully you win some prizes. Then we'll close out the show, by we, I mean me, we'll close, <laughs> close out the show with some successes right here in the backyard, what this weather has been doing uh, as far as kokanee and, and trout. How many fish are being planted in this lake in anticipation of the derby? And some of the fish I've caught the last couple days that even caught me by surprise. Can't wait to show you that. So lots of good info to get through. Appreciate everybody uh, jumping on here tonight. Again, I want to see where you're at with the, uh, yes, it's uh, Larry, good point. It's just like dip and smelt. You know, you got, you got a four-hour window. Again, this shrimping thing, four hours, come on. You know, I want to hear what you guys have to say. If you think I'm uh, like out, in, out here in outer space or, you know, could we have a more uh, relaxed opportunity over a few days to go get our recognized retention limit, whether it's a limit season of one, two, or three, whatever I get. But let's, uh, let's you know, have that discussion. Let's see where this can land. All right. Going to jump out for a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Be back in a couple of minutes. Going to have my buddy Matt Messing on the phone. We're going to talk Puget Sound Lincoln and hopefully get you some tips to find success. Right here, Fish on Northwest. Sportco and Outdoor Emporium is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975, providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. Make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse-style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you.
It's easier than ever to browse homes and connect with an agent on the go with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate's mobile app. With the app, your home search is synced across all of your devices, so you can pick up your home search anytime, anywhere. Take full advantage of an enriched, mobile-optimized map search experience. Use location services to quickly find homes near you that match your search criteria. Draw your own map boundaries to find homes in a specific area, and apply layers to view school districts, neighborhoods, zip codes, and more. The app's user-friendly design makes it easier than ever to find a home you'll love. Narrow down your search results, save your search criteria, and save your favorite homes. You can browse your saved homes in a list view that puts photos and key details, like price and square footage, right at your fingertips. Or check out your saved homes displayed on the map. Hey, welcome back in studio. We got a little uh, technical glitch there. I'm going to try to call Matt as I got you all back here live in studio. We are... Um, yeah, there we go. We're ringing, so we'll see. Hopefully, he answers. The phone. Hey, you there? Hey, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. We uh, lost sound, and then uh, people were hearing you and I talk over the uh, the old interweb there. So uh, interesting, kind of a <laughs> snafu we've never run into. So we're just hey, we're just moving forward. So Matt Messing, everybody, over the rail, presented by Defiance Marine, uh, defiancemarine.com. Matt, uh, buddy, you've been out uh, chasing those lingcod. And uh, gosh, another day uh, today. You sent me pictures today. It looks like you had some fantastic success once again. Yeah, it was it was a good day today. That uh, weather broke from yesterday, and it was it was beautiful water all the way out there, and some some good fishing. Yeah, man. So uh, you uh, own and operate mess around fishing charters for those that aren't aware and uh, Puget Sound Lincoln opened May first. You've been out there that first week. If I remember right, the that tide set was a little uh, little complicated. I saw a handful of people got out. They they did find a few fish here and there. But um, since you've been hitting the water, it's been pretty doggone solid, wouldn't you say? And it seems like you're finding some decent sized lingcod for Puget Sound. Yeah, it's it's been pretty good these last couple of weeks here, and uh, I mean, lately we've been starting to find some of the bigger fish getting hooked and stuff, but. Uh, Overall, I would say uh, the, the, they've kind of been a little coming in, you know, inch or two short. Oh, you know, next next year's looking really good. Okay. A lot of a lot of smaller fish out here. Right, right. But uh, you know, been a good handful of keepers, and then just you know, just a few for me. And uh, I've seen a few other guys catching some of the big ones. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, it's starting to starting to find more of those bigger ones right now. So, uh, you know, we had a, we had a great trip out there. Gosh, I guess it's two years ago now when you, Tommy and I went out, we, um, we hit the water with that live bait and I know you've done it a bit from time to time when it's available or when you can, you know, stock up on it. So have you been able to fish much live bait this year or are you dead sticking some, uh, some dead bait or what's, what's kind of your go-to? Uh, yeah, mostly flounders so far this season. Uh, the the smaller, the better. Uh, the little shiner perch just haven't shown up in the marinas lately. I, I've seen little schools here and there, but I, at least around Brownsville, I've got I've got nothing that I've been able to fish for to to really load up on them. And then just the herring too. I've been using some frozen herring just to change it up a little bit and try to get a little bit of a these smaller smaller bait, smaller presentations. They've kind of been going for yes. for me. So let's talk a little bit about the live bait uh, options. So you mentioned the uh, the pile perch or the little pogies. You know those little shiners work fantastic. Herring, obviously, uh, and your sand dabs. You know your small flounder or your sand dab. Um, you know to go out and find some herring and zabiki rig some up and throw them in a aerated bucket or a cooler or if you got a live well that works great. Um, talk about those pile perch if you can find them. You know what I the reason I ask is since we did that episode with you since we went out there and had that great success on that live bait we still get persons messaging us as to hey how do i locate bait how do i go about catching my bait how do i keep them alive give folks who are tuning in matt a few ideas on what they can do to locate bait catch it keep it alive for a few hours and then use it to their advantage yeah so i mean for those piling perks you're going to find those guys in most most marinas uh around here and uh, I usually go after those with uh, a little those gamagatsu like size five uh, sabiki rigs. You know, I usually just catch a few at a time. And um, for me, I've got a little live well I keep in the water, and so so I just kind of run around with buckets, filling up the bucket. You know, I get a dozen or so in there and run back and go toss them into the water. 
Uh, but for other guys out there, you know, get a little aerator, a little battery or something, uh, even even something you can put in on a – I spliced in like a, your Scotty Downrigger plug, you know, to a little 12-volt yeah. pump. You can just toss into a bucket right. or something, you know, and just leave it in the corner right there and just kind of replenish the water occasionally. Uh, the, you know, the flounder are definitely way more hardier, but uh, those yeah. little shiners, they hold up pretty good. You, they, they last for a while if you don't have like a, a built-in live well. Right, right. If uh, if folks aren't able to acquire, you know, live bait and they have to do the old jigging method or whatnot, um, what have you find? What have you found has been getting you some success out there? Type of jig, soft plastics, how much weight? Just kind of give us a rundown. Yeah, so some of the artificial stuff, you know, uh, I, I try to stick around to four ounces or so, four to six ounces, you know. Lead heads. Uh, we played with some of those uh, the rubber flounders that they've got out there. Yeah, uh, fisherman's gold. They, he hooked me up with one the other day. We we played around with that a little bit, and uh, those things work. You know, and just your standard, you know, curly tail grubs and whatnot, just kind of bouncing them. Yeah. So and, and move around. You know, just just change it up. Change yeah. it up. It's been the been the key. I, I feel like you know, kind of few days in a row of using flounders and stuff, and they just they seem to kind of lose interest. Mm. So shrink the bait up, change it up, you know, try to find the smallest little flounder you can find. Sure. And then they, they've been going for it. And even just the frozen herring. That we've got quite a few keepers just on the herring. Yeah. Have you ever used uh, trout or kokanee? <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, if you haven't, you're missing out. I know a guy that could probably get you some, too. Um, just yeah, saying. yeah. I could probably use a few of those. Try those uh, I've caught plenty of large lingcod on uh, trout and kokanee, believe it or not. So, um, hey, so if I have yet to go out and pursue lingcod and Puget Sound, i got to kind of figure out, you know, where to go. And so... Let's talk a little bit about how much you rely on your electronics, how much your your Axiom is coming into play when you're looking for, and, and what you're looking for, structure, looking for fish down on the bottom. Just walk us through the process of how you're locating fish uh, that you know are definitely lingcod and what you're looking for structure-wise. You know, for, first off, if you're first getting out there, you know, just kind of grab your charts and check it out and look up the fish havens. You know, there's, there's quite a few fish havens that they've scattered around the sound you know, artificial reefs and right. stuff that, that, that we put out there that the lingcod love to hang around. And so, I mean, that's always a great start, you know, for finding a place. And then once you get out there and fishing, you know, just keep an eye on the screen. You know, I'll go over mark, you know, I'll be floating around. I'll see little dips here and there. And, you know, you see a little fish mark in there. And I just, I just start marking and marking and marking. And you kind of get a line going on and, and you know, just kind of work your drifts and just, you know, just keep an eye on that screen and really pay attention to what you're, what you're drifting over. You know, don't, don't just sit there staring at the water, you know, jigging your rod around. You really want to try to pay attention to what you're going over. That way you can start developing areas, you know, you know, little clusters like, okay, I've noticed a lot of fish marks are over here that I've been marking lately. And so it, it kind of narrows down areas that you can really start focusing on and, and shrink down your drifts. So you're not just, you know, drifting over hundreds of yards of nothing. You know, right. once you hit your spot, pick it up, move, you know, sh- do a bunch of short drifts, really hit that spot hard and then move on to the next one. How much are tides influencing where you choose to fish and what you're looking for? Look, big tides can tend to push bait into certain areas, you know, because the current gets so strong. They all got to kind of seek out shelter in certain uh, certain areas of Puget Sound. Of course, lingcod are ambush predators. They uh, they look for opportunity to <laughs> come, you know, floating by them. So talk a little bit about the tides. What do you look for in a decent tide setup? And, or, you know, is there a tide that's a no go for you when you're actually pursuing lingcod? No. Uh, so my main focus on tides really is it's what it's doing to my boat. Mm-hmm. It, it's how, how I'm able to keep my drifts. If I can get over a spot or, or if I'm doing a, you know, a two, three, not drift over a spot, then, okay, Hey, those currents aren't going to work here. Time to move. Time to go find another spot to fish. Right. You know, there's there's spots down south where the the, the window is very small when, before that tide really starts ripping. And, and yeah, I mean, you can keep a straight line, but you're doing three knots over the top of the rock. You know, <laughs> they're only getting a glimpse of that fish. Yeah, it's pretty quick, right? And whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so, so for me, that, that's kind of my big thing is the tides is just it's where I end up going to go fish to work those tides. Right, right. 
Hey, the fish, they're, they're still down there. They're hanging out. Oh, yeah. Before we get out of here, let's uh, quickly, because I didn't touch on it before, if I'm rigging a herring, live herring or a pogey or even a uh, sand dab, kind of talk about my leader strength, length, size of hook, amount of lead that I'm using. Are you using a slider or are you fixing that straight up? Kind of walk us through nope, that. I, yeah, I'm usually uh, doing a live bait. I have six-ounce cannonball on a slider. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've found these nice little plastic sliders that I throw on there, you know, and then just use about a, a 10 or a 15-pound mono, mono loop. Just, uh, you know, sacrificial lead almost. You know, you get right. hung up, just something you can pop off, off and you're yeah. not having to retie everything. Sure. Uh, my flounder leaders, uh, I've started using the circle hooks on the front hook. Mm. And then just, you know, your regular, or an octopus, and then regular hook on the back, kind of down by the tail. Right. But uh, those, are, I tend to go 50, 50 pound leader, just because, you, you know, you're letting that link out really chew on that thing. So, you know, the, your hooks kind of are going to be up in that mouth a little bit more. Where unlike the pogies, you know, we're just using like a two watt single, you know, octopus circle hook. Yeah. And, you know, 30 pound leader with a perfection loop tied onto that thing. Mm-hmm. And you're just, you're looking for that corner mouth every time. So you yeah, don't really right. have to, so I use 30 pound. I, I, I drop it down, especially for the smaller baits so they can swim around a little easier and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. And, yeah. uh, I'm here to tell you it works. <laughs> works fantastic. Yes, and if you got a, uh, if you got a live well full of live bait and you got a, you know, a decent tide set up and a, a good drift, uh, that is a whole lot of fun. If you can get into a fish, every drift, every other drift, until you get your keepers. I mean, what a what a great way to spend a day. So, speaking of which, how long are you going to be running trips, and can folks still uh, get a hold of you and come out and try to get some Puget Sound link cod? Yeah, I still got some days available. Uh, I'm running until June fifteenth, and then switching over to salmon. Resident coho. Get some resi cohos going. Fantastic. All right, buddy. And that's been uh, we've been seeing them jumping all over the place. So oh, is that right? It's looking good. Yeah, yeah. we've seen them from area ten to area nine. A lot of yeah. Awesome. Almost every trip now, I see a few fish jumping around out okay. there. Okay. So. Well, uh, we got some shrimping to do next week, and um, we'll be bring, bringing that to the folks once we get that completed. And yeah, me, uh, us as well, man. Can't wait to look forward to or towards that uh, mid June time frame and really start cranking up on some of those uh, resident coho, especially on kokanee gear. That is going to be kicking the pants. So, all right, buddy. Yep. Always, oh, yeah. always a pleasure checking with you. Always uh, good to keep up on what Matt Messing has going on. Matt Messing, messing around fishing charters. Check him out. Follow him on Facebook. Check him out on his uh, webpage. He's got this Puget Sound link cod dialed in. You definitely want to book a trip with him. Thanks, Matt. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Take care. Yep. We'll see you. So, there you go. It's uh, well worth your time. And if you haven't eaten, Link cut out of Puget Sound, you are missing out on a, a pretty tasty treat. Uh, definitely worth going after. And if you have yet to pursue it in your own boat, want to get some tips and techniques and kind of understand the entire setup, how Matt goes about it, conducts business. He's pretty doggone successful, and he's doing it day in and day out. So he's willing to offer you up trips and uh, offer you up tips. Um, he likes to teach people how to fish and be uh, self-sufficient when you get out there on his boat. So, all right, appreciate everybody hanging in there. Uh, good topic with Matt. We are going to jump out for a quick break. A couple of minutes, we'll be back here in studio. Going to get Brianna Bruce on the phone. If you haven't heard from this young lady, uh, you need to stick around and do so. Living Life Adventures, and of course, she is helping to spearhead and bring back the Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby that's been in absence for two years due to COVID. She's going to fill you in on all the information as to how you get involved with this uh, Northwest staple, the Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby, Brown and Bruce, we come back right here, Fish on Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride right here in Bremerton, Washington. Arima Boats offers all of our boats with Honda outboard packages so that you can take full advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. With literally thousands of Arima boats on the water throughout the Pacific Northwest, Arima boats are a proven hull design that offers incredible fuel economy and all of the amenities that a serious angler is looking for. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why we back our boats with a lifetime warranty. 
All of our Arima boats are designed to maximize deck space while also providing ample seating. Contact us today at Arima Boats for all your boating needs and let us help you get out on the water. Today, the need for quality private security services is at an all-time high. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day -day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Phoenix client management models are built on understanding our clients' security needs and responding with a tailored program that is best fit for them. Phoenix provides excellent customer service through well-trained, highly motivated security professionals. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. Currently, we are comprised of 70% prior law enforcement and military veterans. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. All right, welcome back in studio here, Dwayne England live uh, alone. Of course, Tommy is mending his head cold. Hopefully he's back with us next week because we all know how much you enjoy his presence. Uh, in with that, no problem. We introduce you to our next guest, Brianna Bruce. Bree, as known to many, um, and uh, the owner and operator of Living Life Adventures, www.livinglifeadventures.com. This is In Our Backyard, presented by Phoenix Protective Corp. Check out everything they have going on at phoenixprotectivecorp.com. Brianna, how the heck are you, young lady? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I am good. I am good. Been getting out in the water a little bit and chasing some kokanee here in the backyard. And you, uh, this time of year, is pretty much what consumes you daily <laughs> in one place or another. So um, let's talk a little bit about this uh, this kokanee derby. So it was put on hold for two years, if I remember right, because of COVID. You and some other folks have uh, worked very hard to bring it back this year. Tell us about uh, what uh, what year this is annual-wise and what it's taken to get it back off the ground. So we're calling this the 11th annual. It would have been, it started 13 years ago, but okay. with COVID, this is the 11th annual. Mm -hmm. um, bringing it back, and we're on our traditional third Saturday of May weekend, so it's this Saturday. Right. And we're trying to bring it back bigger and better than ever. We've got some really fantastic sponsors. We've got some of our, you know, longtime sponsors like Dick Knight Spoons and Three Rivers and Johns. And unfortunately, we don't have Greg's around anymore. Mm -hmm. So we have some new faces coming to the Derby and it's going to be good. We've got some great prizes we've got you know the normal cash prizes and then we've got two raffles we've got a downrigger raffle and an edge rod raffle nice and uh the prize packs everyone loves and we'll have some bigger prizes too like some rods and reels and stuff like that real good uh who did you team up with who who who'd you who'd you coerce into uh, getting involved and try to resurrect this thing who's who's helping you bring it back so the Derby is being run through the Snohomish Sportsman's Club and Lake Stevens Lions Club. And Matthew Kennedy and Ryan Hansen are the guys roped in to help in getting it all together and doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. It's not easy just to all of a sudden throw a throw a derby together, although there's history here. But as you said, you know, you've dropped off a few sponsors uh, basically due to COVID. And then, of course, you've picked up a handful of others who are, you know, jumping on board to help out, which is fantastic. What's the cost to enter the derby? The tickets are $25 for adults and kids under 14 are free. Oh, awesome. And if I want to get, get a ticket, sign up for the derby, where do I go? What do I need to do? You have to get the tickets in person and you can get them at uh, John Sporting Goods, Three Rivers, uh, Holiday Sports, Harbor Marine, and Triangle Tackle down in Snohomish. Can I get them as late as the morning of? You have to get them by Friday night um, by business close. Friday evening business close. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, that makes yeah. sense. <clears throat> um, what uh, what can people anticipate uh, winning? What are some of the prize money uh, payouts and or other prizes uh, based on their placement in the Derby. Yeah. So first place is a thousand dollars and then it goes to 500, 250 and 100, I think. 
uh, down to fourth place. There is $500 prize for the biggest boat limit, um, up to 10 fish. So the biggest bag limit. Yeah. And then, uh, kids, uh, first place prizes a hundred and that has to be a kokanee. And then we've got, um, I think we go down to 75 and 50 for second and third. And that can be any fish. So first place has to be a kokanee, but if, you know, the kids catch a big bass or a big trout, right. they can weigh that in for second or third place. Yeah, absolutely. And then the kids have their own prizes. We've got some awesome prizes. Um, Snow King PSA actually donated $500 and partnered with Harbor Marine to get us a bunch of cool kids prizes. We've got rods and some tackle and some, like, cool toys and a bunch of life jackets and all kinds of stuff. So the kids have their own um, division and their own prizes and then the adults have their own. So we've got some awesome stuff. And Yeah, you're pretty well yeah. covered across the, uh, across everything here. What, um, what is the actual start time and when do people have to be in for weigh-in? So you can start as early as first light, you know, as soon as you can start fishing, we don't have a technical start time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this derby does not have like a, you know, morning meeting or anything like that. Right. It's just, you get on the water, you start fishing weigh in opens at 10 and closes at two. So you need to be in line before two, before it closes. Gotcha. And then we're going to get the prize, um, the award ceremony going as soon as we can after weigh in closes. So that is a, uh, that is a well-rounded, uh, bit of info on the Derby itself. Now let's get to the nuts and bolts of this thing. So <laughs> Lake Stevens, uh, for those that fish it pretty consistently, they you can, you know, tend to get it dialed. You got it dialed. A handful of other folks got it dialed. Mark Spada back in the day when we'd jump up there with him, uh, he knows how to get it done. If you are new to fishing that lake, it can be a little frustrating. Um, you think you're pretty good at kokanee fishing, but there are days out there where it'll flat out hand it to you. So for some of the folks who are thinking about heading that way, put their time in, put their money in, want to try to have some success, not even to the point of, you know, if they win something, great, but hey, let's just ke- catch a couple of kokanee. Brianna, what do I need to do to be dialed in to catch a couple of kokanee? Color, presentation, troll speed, scent, bait, the whole deal. Give me some tips that you think would definitely help me find success. So my favorite on Lake Stevens is always going to be green. That's kind of my go-to color there. Mm. They're mostly eating Daphnia. We don't have any shrimp or anything in the lake. So they're eating Daphnia. Green's my go-to color. Pinks and oranges work good too. And especially if it's sunny, metallic colors work great. Yeah. You know, pull out some gold and silver stuff, some 50-50 Dodgers. Those will work great. Um, this time of year, the fish are mostly going to be from like 35 feet to the surface, maybe down to 40 feet. Our thermal climb is usually right around 40 feet, but from that 40 foot up to the surface, you'll find fish. And lately, the last two years, we've been trolling a little bit faster. We've been trolling like 1.4 to 1.6 miles an hour. Mm. And getting that little bit faster speed has definitely been picking up more fish. I notice a lot of guys out there that aren't doing as well. They're still trolling real slow at that like 1.1, 1.2. Yeah. And you speed it up a little, you'll definitely catch more fish. Um, uh, pretty much anywhere in the lake. Um, they've been pretty spread out kind of up by Lundeen and between the two boat launches are some pretty good spots to start fishing, but the lake's really not all that big. Just kind of right. pick a spot to fish and work your way around until you find fish. Once you find them, just kind of stay on them until you lose them or spook that school and then go look for more. Right. What uh, does leader length make all that much difference in your presentation? I think it can make a pretty big difference. I run 12 inches from the bend of the hook to the back hook, bend of the back hook to the end of your loop or swivel, however you finish your loop off. Okay. Um, Sometimes I'll go down to 11, but most of the time I'm running all my leaders at 12. And I notice a lot of people will run too big of a dodger I rarely run anything bigger than a four aught or the like four and a quarter inch mm-hmm. Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, I might pull out a five inch, but those smaller Dodgers definitely work better on like Stevens. Gotcha. Um, scent. Put any uh, additional scent out there? Am I running corn? What am I doing? Yeah, I always run corn. Uh, I put tuna oil in it, and then on top of my tuna oil, I'll put. Um, 
some anise or some garlic, um, Slam and Sam's tuna garlic works great over there. The triple X is one of my favorite scents on the lake. Mm. Seems to kind of work any time of the year where that tuna garlic doesn't seem to work until the water warms up a little bit. Gotcha. Which it was working a little bit ago, you know, last week. So, yeah. Yeah. I know you haven't been on uh, that lake for a few days. Um, anybody tell you, or you have any indication what the water temperature is, surface temperature? I have not heard okay. recently. I would suspect that from the way the weather and everything's been, it's probably mid, I'd say it's probably mid fifties. Yeah. Mid okay. high fifties. Yeah. So it's right in there. It's like we got started really late this year with this cold spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the fishing took no, forever to turn right. on. So really a lot of years were kind of this third Saturday of May. It's kind of like, the end of the peak of the fishing, like it's starting to slow down. Mm. And this year we're right on that like front edge of peak for the lake. Right. So I think the Derby should be really good as long as we have some good consistent weather and we don't have a lot of pressure changes because that messes with those fish a lot. Right. Uh, yeah. But as long as that pressure stays consistent, I think the Derby's going to be good and we're going to have a lot of fish weighted. Yeah, I think the weather's going to settle down a little bit tomorrow. Should be pretty decent. By Saturday, it looks pretty favorable. Uh, not a lot of wind and, uh, you know, some sunshine popping out and no rain. So hopefully, because um, <laughs> I have been up there for that derby and absolutely got drenched. I mean, you just, right, it's hit or miss. And um, cold temperatures and kokanee fishing, it's like, why am I doing this? I could be springer fishing or freezing my butt off. So, uh, right, exactly. yeah, anyway, hey, fantastic information. Uh, appreciate you uh, taking time. I know you're busy running trips daily here and um, getting it done. So um, really appreciate you uh, bringing this back uh, to Matt and all the folks helping out to bring back the Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby. It's become a Northwest staple, one that needs to be, uh, you know, on person's agenda and they need to continue to pursue it each and every year. So great job. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a good, uh, have a good evening and stay in touch. You too. All right. We'll see Thanks. you. All right. Bye. Bye. Brianna Bruce, Living Life Adventures. Look her up, www.livinglifeadventures.com or follow her on her Facebook page. She's very active on social media and uh, that girl flat out gets it done. Whether she's on the lakes or uh, chasing fish in Puget Sound, she's fishing year round and will uh, definitely treat you to a great day. Okay, going to jump out for a quick break and answer a few questions here. Uh, Fly Navarro's checking in. Good evening, gentlemen. Nice to see you, Fly. Thanks for for tuning in, buddy. Um, We're going to jump out for a couple minute break, going to come back close out the show got a few bits of information some things that have been going on here in the backyard of all places and some of the fish we've grabbed the last couple days don't go anywhere you want to see this when we come back right here fish hunt northwest sportco and outdoor emporium is the largest local outfitter in the northwest since 1975 providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse style pricing We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you. It's easier than ever to browse homes and connect with an agent on the go with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate's mobile app. With the app, your home search is synced across all of your devices, so you can pick up your home search anytime, anywhere. Take full advantage of an enriched, mobile-optimized map search experience. Use location services to quickly find homes near you that match your search criteria. Draw your own map boundaries to find homes in a specific area, and apply layers to view school districts, neighborhoods, zip codes, and more. The app's user-friendly design makes it easier than ever to find a home you'll love. Narrow down your search results, save your search criteria, and save your favorite homes. You can browse your saved homes in a list view that puts photos and key details, like price and square footage, right at your fingertips. Or check out your saved homes displayed on the map. Hey, welcome back in studio as I close out the show. If you had just tuned in, you missed our great conversation with Brianna Bruce, Living Life Adventures. Talking about the resurrection of the Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby happening this coming Saturday, the 21st. So I bring that to your attention because we also have an event on the 21st. And it's all about the kids. The second annual uh, Summit Lake, Fish Hunt Northwest Summit Lake Community Kids Trout Derby is this coming Saturday. Weather looks like it's going to be fantastic. And we're really excited 
to bring this to everybody this year. We've put a lot of work into this, and we are getting a tremendous response. I don't know if we're <laughs> we're going to far exceed 100 kids. I'm pretty sure we may maybe in that 100 and I don't know 130, 150. I guess we'll see, but. It is this Saturday. Start time is daylight. Weigh-in starts at 8 o'clock. Participants must be at the community center for weigh-in no later than 11 a.m. Prizes awarded after completion of weigh-in. Categories will be biggest trout, biggest kokanee, biggest random, as in perch, catfish, what have you. Most weight, uh, five trout limit. So you can weigh in your uh, limit of five. And most weight, a team of three. So if you're fishing with a couple friends, you can weigh in three trout and uh, it's going to be the most weight of that team of three is going to win prizes. It's free to all participants 14 years of age and under. Uh, weigh-in and prizes will be awarded to Summit Lake Community Center, again, after weigh-in is complete. And uh, you must be present to win. This year, every kid or participant gets a free T-shirt. You're also going to get a free raffle ticket at sign-in. Uh, Jordan, you can throw those pictures back up there. We have a host of prizes and gear and all the stuff to give away. If you don't win something um, by entrance of your fish, then you're surely going to have a good chance to win something via your free raffle ticket. Last year, hardly any kids went away without something in their hand. We have small grab bags. We have gear. We have rods and reels, tackle boxes. We have a ton of stuff to give away. And we also have adult raffle this year. We have adult raffle gift bags with some adult beverages and fishing gear. Well worth the $5 investment. $5 per raffle ticket for adults. That money goes back into the Derby for next year, helps cover the cost of the T-shirts and whatever else it takes to put this on. So pretty excited to put this together, pretty excited for all the response, and I know we're going to have a fantastic day. Weather's going to be great, Lots lots of folks showing up. Parking may be a little bit of an issue, but we'll work our way through it. We have uh, some areas around the community center to go ahead and try to park down the sides of the streets and whatnot. So um, we're anticipating good turnout, and we're looking forward to seeing you all there. Can't wait to see all the smiles on the kids' faces. And for good reason, there is uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for them to catch fish. WDFW has done a fantastic job. This last week, uh, putting additional fish into the lake, 10,000 trout to be exact, going in just before the derby here. And let me tell you, last night I was uh, playing around a little bit on the dock, thought I'd go down there and throw a uh, throw my favorite MEPS spinner, my size 2 or 3 MEPS gold and red, or brass and red. And first six casts, five fish to the dock, 15 casts later, 10 or 12 fish, I lost count. So there is plenty of fish to be had. Not to mention uh, a few larger ones that they've put in. They've stocked with some some oversized jumbos. They've also put in some triploids. And this morning, I had a bit of a surprise. I'm out uh, trolling for kokanee. I got me a nice 14-inch kokanee, which is pretty respectable this time of year, considering how cold the water temperatures have been. That kokanee there is a solid 14 inches. I mean, some may call it 15 because it's truly 15 inches to the tip of the tail. And then I was letting gear back out, and the rod darn near got ripped out of my hand by this big uh, fat boy triploid. And boy, you ought to see that fat kid jump. That thing was uh, not too happy to be on the end of that line. So after a bit of a uh, battle, I brought that thing in. Now, last night's fish, I went ahead and let go. It was off the dock. And I thought, well, you know, some kid will hopefully catch this uh, oversized or jumbo fish. Uh, for the Derby, but this triploid here, I looked at and said, man, I am going to throw that one on the Traeger because it is just way too fat and too good. So there are some decent-sized trout put in here. Thank you, WDFW, for not only stocking an additional 10,000. So that's 20,000 fish they've stocked since opening day with probably upwards of about 1,000 jumbos, some of those triploids. Uh, The lake is teeming with fish. And a uh, good opportunity to get them. You know, the trout, it's uh, pretty easy. They're, they're up shallow. You control a fly on top of the water, you're going to get a lot of fish. Casting and retrieving spinners is working extremely well. But just utilizing your normal techniques of uh, trolling, either weighted or not, um, you know, you can flatline small plugs. You can, you can pull uh, some of your uh, favorite lures and kokanee lures behind dodgers. You're going to catch trout, uh, no problem. They're definitely upwards of, you know, 30, 25 feet and up to the surface. Lots of trout in the lake. Kids are going to have a blast. If you are going to pursue kokanee, 
in the last couple of days chasing kokanee. Um, yesterday was definitely more productive than this morning. This morning the wind came up, made it a bit problematic with uh, my boat. It captures a lot of wind, so I'm either trolling against it, trying to keep a straight line and trolling uh, with it and uh, trying not to get blown down the lake too fast. You know, the complexity with the wind is only the fact that it impacts your troll speed. So whether you're going, uh, if you're going with it, you tend to perhaps get pushed a little too fast and going against it, it continues to grab a hard cabin boat and likes to push around a little. So constantly adjusting the throttle, constantly adjusting troll speed. But, you know, there's still... Uh, great opportunity to get the kokanee. Folks have been asking me, hey, what's the consistency here? Uh, and, you know, I like to throw the information out there. It's here, you know, Summit Lake. We have a very good uh, kokanee population the last couple of years again. These fish are already 14 inches in fat. So I'm anticipating by the time we get into July, August, we're going to have a good uh, good amount of 15, do I dare say 16-inch kokanee this season would be pretty exciting. Right now, 25 to 33, 33 to 37 feet on the downrigger. Uh, pinks and golds always work well out here. Orange, yes, but smaller profile for the majority. Although I do think the lake has a little more staining to it right now. Maybe some of that early spring algae, not the toxic algae. We're not going to go down that road. Just your typical lake algae that forms. There is a little bit of that in the water. I can see it's not as gin clear as it typically is because of all this rain that we've had. So we definitely have a little bit of algae production in the lake. So I'm using a little more uh, Dodgers with some higher level of UV and or uh, glow. Definitely will aid you. Pinks and golds, as I had mentioned. For me, it's always Potsky's. Potsky's fire corn. And I soak that in Mike's Atlas Mike's oil of various flavors. <laughs> in Sans tuna, tuna garlic is a go-to. Shrimp anise. And, of course, crawdad has become one of my favorites as of late. Crawdad seems to be getting it done. I also use the fire gel um, to, uh, to add additional scent in my presentation. I'll put the tuna fire gel right on the back of my Dodger. I'll put the crawfish right on the back of my Dodger. That adds a tremendous amount of scent in your troll as you're um, you know, putting that gear in the water. Uh, troll speed out here typically and has been proven once again this year, 1.3 to 1.4, right in that ballpark, you're going to get it done. If it doesn't seem to be happening, maybe speed up from time to time. But 1.4 has been a very consistent speed out here for me for the last several years. So that's a well-rounded uh, bit of info there that should get you on the Kokanee Trail for sure. <clears throat> again, smaller presentations seem to be getting it done as of late. Definitely last year it worked tremendously well. I put on some larger size mini squid hoochies and things like that. Didn't really seem to draw a lot of fish. But some of the some of the times, then then things actually go after um, those larger presentations. So, um, what else I got? Yep, reminder of the uh, the fish derby, Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby, and that is some of the success we've been finding in the backyard here. Plenty of trout. Looking forward to seeing everybody at the derby this Saturday. Uh, once we get through that, then we can just look forward to a full season here of uh, trout and kokanee fishing. I'm expecting the kokanee fishing here to be pretty doggone good. So um, get out. Enjoy the weekend. Weather's going to be nice. If you can't participate in the derby, that's just fine. Go ahead and uh, get the kids out on the water somewhere else. Take advantage of the weather and uh, be safe. We'll see you next week right here. In studio, live, Thursday, 6 p.m., right here at Fish on Northwest. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the Bait Lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, and finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.